That's my thing. All right, cool. All right, here we are, Ricardo. Uh, <laughs> How you doing? Thanks for taking the time, man. I'm excited to have this conversation. Um, you and I met back in, what did we meet? Like six months ago, back in Caretro, Mexico. Exactly. Yeah, so met each other through Twitter. Exactly. How are you doing, Andy? Uh, very happy to be here with you and, and I don't know, talk a little bit about Bitcoin and, and how things are going. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So let's let's dive into it. Uh, I think so. I, I definitely want to talk about the methane mining, uh, mining with pig waste. I, I find that very fascinating. But another thing that I also find fascinating is when you and I were uh, hanging out in Perethro, you mentioned that you have a background in Venezuela, and that's how you initially got in Bitcoin. So could you maybe share a little bit about your story being from Venezuela and how Bitcoin fits into all of this? Yeah, man. Um, uh, yeah, have, um, I was born in Venezuela and, and I was working actually for, for uh, the National Oil Company for uh, since I graduated, basically, working with the natural gas industry uh, in, in that company. And uh, for some really weird reason, in, in a business trip, I found about uh, Bitcoin, right? So um, then uh, when I went back to, to Venezuela, it was like, I need to try this. I, I remember um, my first purchase of Bitcoin was through Twitter, uh, some random guy. And I was like, dude, and to, to put that in, in, in specifics, Andrew, that moment in 2014, we have we are deep into a currency control that probably had like five to seven years uh, being enforced, and this currency control was crazy because um, it uh, forbid that uh, any possibility to exchange um, your currency. So if you have bolivars uh, and you and you Andrew would have. $10 and you will tell you, you will tell me, all right, I, I will give you this exchange rate or whatever. That transaction was actually illegal. And you could go to jail uh, if you, if you got found doing this and many people were doing it. And I was like, that situation was like, dude, I don't want to break law. I know that my, my coin, my, my currency is going to shed, but um, my actually, actual situation was like, I don't want to break the law. I, I want to have some savings, but how do I do stuff like that if i don't want to do this and i didn't have any dollars but my friends were like dude my guy can get you some dollars if you want to save or whatever and i was like no man no this is not the way and then bitcoin came to my hands and i was like what hold on this is a venezuelan exchange and i'm trying and i'm and then i'm buying i'm like dude i'm i'm going back with my friends and you, you need to see this you you don't have to go to dollars you can go to bitcoin directly and, and I started that process and, and it, it went to the, to the moment that my whole paycheck, the moment that I got, I uh, cashed it, I turned everything into Bitcoin just to be able to, to uh, beat the inflation that in one month it could, it could be 10% in one month, maybe, but it could be suddenly 50%, 100% because of the, the change in, in the rates of the U.S. dollar that moment that didn't depend on what the, the government was printing. It was more of a sentiment. So if, if some things were going bad, I mean, you could have a week, like half, uh, like, I don't know, the exchange rate went double. So it was so crazy that 
I did a lot uh, saving in that way. I mean, the salary didn't change. So that, that was the part that I couldn't handle. But month after month, I was actually being able to, to use Bitcoin in, in a good way. And um, I don't know, I was, I was uh, like the, the early bird in, in my office. And, and back in 2014, I was orange peeling everyone around me. Like, we need to do this. We were using things like that don't exist anymore, like purse. That IO, I don't know if you, you heard about that one. And, and we were using that. And what, what can we do? How can we close the loop? And started tinkering about mining. Uh, didn't do it at the time because the, the Moore's law in that time was hitting huge. So um, the like the obsolescence of the equipment was really sped, speed up. So and we, we held that part. And yeah, but I was using Bitcoin since way early and, and using it, really, really using it for, for my purpose and was protecting my family, protecting my, my small salary. And that allowed me afterwards, crazy story that I moved, we decided to go move out the country because the situation was basically, um, we couldn't handle it uh, when I was suddenly trapped the, the one of the moments key moments that, that pushed me out was I was trapped inside a drugstore trying to buy some uh, diapers for my baby and there was like, like a like a looting situation and I was trapped inside with the looting guys I mean the police came in and when I said that, that all right this is way too much we decided to move out and I went to live to Chile and then uh, to Mexico and in both jumps uh the bitcoin was was fundamental for me to to actually um carry some of my my wealth uh from con from country to country and uh, then i sold my apartment in venezuela and i got bitcoin in mexico so it was it has been a, a really important tool for me more than a more than a saving tool or savings technology tool that, that many people are talking about in that sense um, more as a vehicle. To me, it's it's been the the right vehicle to move uh, from one value from one point to another. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is it has that different kinds of value for different people. So for people in the United States, I think most people in the United States still see it as an investment store of value. Yeah, store of value. But in in your case, like your government, the Venezuelan government, literally made it illegal for you to opt into the stronger currency, which was the US dollar. And I guess, you know, apparently you were still able to uh, opt into Bitcoin and and just not, you know, move your money freely and and not lose your entire paycheck due to inflation. And yeah, so that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that you were in Mexico and you sold your house in Venezuela and then should receive the funds for that. And yeah, and and, and the, Chile, the Chilean government also uh, owed me like some pension fund that uh, that I made when I was while I was living there. Then when when that was cashed out, sent that to me in Bitcoin, man. I mean, uh, uh, I use my my connections there, and and that's that's the way that that I have been using that as a vehicle. And then living abroad, uh, it's been the vehicle to help my family to to uh, to send some money in in remittances. So that's that's like every every aspect I've been playing around, and now uh, we are. We are mining, which was like one of the last aspects that I, I couldn't have the chance to, I, I hadn't had the, the chance to to jump in before, and and now we're in. So I I guess 
I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm, I'm only missing to to have my own exchange or working for something like that. <laughs> but that's like I'm, the last step for you to be, <laughs> yeah, for to have touched all points of Bitcoin. Exactly. Yeah. So using using in every every single way. That's, that's my goal. Huh. Yeah. So let's talk about the mining thing. Um, I, I I find this so interesting. Uh, mining with Pitpoo, basically turning like literally turning waste into money. I, we live in the future. Uh, <laughs> we really do. I mean, that, that's pretty cool. So could you talk about the, how, how this works, like the process of taking paid waste and turning that into Bitcoin? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, what we do, um, we're, I mean, we are building this project at, as we speak. I mean, we're finishing the, in the last steps, but the main idea is, to actually harness one big um, opportunity that that my partner has in 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 our farm because we have ten thousand pigs, and uh, and this these guys generate twenty thousand tons. No, sorry, twenty tons of of poop mixed with water, of course, um, every single day. So picture that twenty tons every day in your I don't know in your backyard. That's that's crazy amount. The the farm, this farm, this ten thousand pigs farm, it's not huge. It's probably like maybe two uh, football fields, maybe one, no, between one and two football fields. So it's not a big infrastructure, but there you can fit ten thousand pigs, and then you got twenty tons of material. You need a biodigester. That it, that in Mexico is not very common. Not every farm has it. What is a biodigester? Something and, that just tapes the big waste is, and no. The, the thing do? is that if you get this waste, it's twenty tons, and you put that, uh, I don't know, in an open surface, it takes too long to 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 degrade. I, I don't know that the correct word, like to neutralize itself, like to 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 being like um, like like being absorbed by the by the environment, right? So it it takes longer because it's fresh material and. And it, the chemical process takes some some time. So the good thing to do here with every biomass uh, that you get from the animal, the animals, is you try to accelerate that process, which is the bacteria eating like the eating the, the biomass and neutralizing it. So you can use it for compost. You can use it for irrigation if that liquid. So you need to kind of uh, jumpstart that that chemical reaction. With the bacteria, and you do that in in any container that you can, and we use we call that uh, container the biodigester, which is in our case it's like a uh, rectangle um, pit that you can fit a lot of of biomass, a lot of liquid there, slurry, and that slurry, uh, well, it's there. You you get it covered uh, with um, sorry, you get it covered with with. So no light can get in and no oxygen can get in. So that's an anaerobic uh, process. And the bacteria is super happy in that situation because it's like your stomach. It's digesting uh, the biomass and it produces two things as, a, as part of that reaction. It produces uh, this a slurry that it's processed that you can use then and um, in two forms, liquid and a little bit more solid. And then you can you, it produces as a byproduct the biogas which stays on top of that pool. And in our videos, you can see that as a, as a pillow because the pit, it's underground and you have a pillow covering our, 
our biodigester. And that pillow is filled with biogas that it's uh, being produced by the bacteria down there. So that's the digestion process. It's pretty much the same that happens in, in your stomach. Mm -hmm. So the bacteria wants to, to be warm. That, that was, that's one uh, condition that they need. And they, they, they don't like too much air or light. So that process is, is super interesting and it accelerates that. Got it. Um, and then you can use that byproduct of liquid and, and slurry, more solid slurry. The liquids, you can use it for irrigation, like get it into a, how to say that, into a truck. And then with a pump, you can, you can actually make your crops uh, grow better and uh, your production to increase and, and like the same with the more solid slurry. So that's the, the basic uh, feature. And then you can use the biogas for something else, maybe for cooking, maybe for, uh, I don't know, creating, um, sending that to the grid in many, many places in the States do that, send that natural, that biogas to the natural gas grid, uh, or you can generate power. That is, that is what we're doing. So in this case, yeah. So you're, you're taking the pit waste, you're putting it in this big container that doesn't have any oxygen and doesn't have the sun hit it just like our stomach. And the bacteria is able to grow a lot more in that environment. And then you're taking the pit waste and you're emptying that on like for fertilizer basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're taking the biomass or the biogas the from that and that's what you're able to mine the bitcoin with yeah correct? you only need to to before sending that to a generator which is a regular internal combustion engine especially for for biogas but you need to throw that uh biogas to a filter station before sending it to the to the natural gas generator that filters some uh, chemicals that you don't need like h2s and uh basically mo mostly that one and and which is like a sulfide uh, acid and, and you need to to take that out and then you can send it to the generator and it's a regular generator you can hear it uh going and getting to relay so then it's generating some power and and then you can do whatever you want with that power and in our case uh the funny stories that are um like in in the firm my partner was like smacking his head with how what can we do with this power uh, if he wanted to sell that to the grid uh he was gonna he, he already started that process to to trying to sell that to the grid it will take it like two or three years if he wanted to take that biogas to send it sell it to the natural gas grid it will it, no one has ever done that here in mexico which is crazy really so so the process you would, is you to, would think sorry to interrupt but you would think that uh mexico would take advantage of all that excess power and and uh power the grid with it but no the 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 electric grid you have some couple experiences here in mexico that are already doing it uh and but i'm telling you that it takes years to to have all the permissions and and all that part that that's when i met uh my partner and i was like you're going to take too long trying to um, overcome those hurdles and not even talk about the natural gas grid, which is no one in that part. No one has ever injected biogas to the natural gas grid here in Mexico because, I don't know, we are so late in the game, but they're not paying attention to that. So in, in that situation, I was like, we need to mine. And, and his question that day uh, last year in February was when we started, it was like, what is Bitcoin? So we were at that point, and now we are, are, are finishing our development. Like, it's the first proof of concept. 
and it's gonna it's gonna come live in very short time and that's what we want to then showcase and and try to make people make, make bring people to understand that you can actually use that excess power or, or let's say wasted energy that you by law you need to be at least flaring it but no one here in Mexico is doing it not not even collecting it because the 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 way that the infrastructure is is laid on here i mean it's not that technified so you can have many many different uh big farms throwing that to the canal throwing that to the river and, and the state isn't enforcing it that harshly i mean it, it, it only gets reported some cases that that people don't want that to be there but many cases don't care man and and we, we don't have a really strong um environmental agency which and and by design because if you have one yeah i don't know if you want a strong environmental agency yeah no no (laughs) i I know what you mean though like you you don't it's not an efficient system basically yeah but but it's by design but it's by design because if you put some crazy environmental agency in charge of mexican farms you're gonna bring the economy to the shit i mean because you're gonna you're gonna be uh over every small uh, farmer or medium-sized farmer, and you're gonna you're gonna mess up. So it's like developing countries suffer many many times of that. How can we have uh, good regulation if I mean it's all messed up? So that that's when Bitcoin gets gets uh, incentivized. That's what Bitcoin incentivizes this type of projects. And I'm sure that in our case and in, in the farms around us, we're gonna incentivize that. Uh, as a way to to harness that energy, and that's 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 a different approach that a miner finding in a specific uh, place where energy is super cheap, which is going to happen anyway. But then, whatever we have energy, excess energy or cheap energy, we're going to try to make some profit about it and and around it and and getting the generator, putting together the biodigester seems like a good trick if you have enough biomass, which is kind of the, the part that, that is, I want to be very clear, you need some some picks to power some, mi- to power, you need a lot of picks to power some miners. You need like a um, hundred, I, I was, I, I did the math the other day and, and I have it on, on our Twitter account. It's like 165 picks, I believe, to power one S19 and, <laughs> Yeah, I, I cannot hear you. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. I was just, yeah. yeah so 165 pids to power one S19. One S19, yeah. Um, and, and it was like 75 to power an S9. And then you, you need you need some some huge amounts to make it like a small project. And in our case, actually for, and one thing that I didn't mention, uh, 10,000 for a project, it's a 250 kilowatt generator. And you can plug in maybe 65 miners in there, right? Like uh, new gen miners. But the thing is that uh, to power that generator, 20, 000, 20 tons of biomass or 10,000 picks isn't enough. So you need a little bit more biomass, all right? So what we're doing, it's solving other people's issue that we have been doing that for, for a couple of years already. Uh, we're getting tequila by NAS, which is the tequila by product. Yeah. So, no, when when we are when yeah, so we have this generator that it's a 250 kilowatt generator, but it turns out, Andrew, that the 10,000 pigs 
cannot generate enough power to, to have 250 kilowatts. But um, by design, we were we have a couple of years receiving uh, in that same stomach, in that same biodigester, you can put it uh, different stuff. It not only has to be like one, one type of biomass, if you if you throw it throw it there with the right pH, basically that's kind of the only condition. With the right pH, not too acid, not too basic, uh, you can actually have it being a part of the reaction there and producing biogas. So whatever. And the thing is that in our farm we're receiving bioness from tequila processing, which is uh, amazing because tequila processing generates. Uh, like for every liter of tequila that, that you have, you have like 10 liters of vinas, vinas, I don't know the, the correct uh, pronunciation, but it's like vinas, like a byproduct, which is like really rich in energy. And we, and this, this is not all wanted by the tequila producers. And they actually pay us for, to take care of that, um, that byproduct, which we, throw in the, in the biodigester and it produces more biogas, as well as, for example, lactose or whey milk that we receive from dairy producers around our farms. So this, these guys, you know, we have deals with them. We collect some of, the, um, some of their byproducts and we actually get paid uh, small amounts, no, not, not enough to get rich or something, but small amounts we get paid for collecting that biomass. And that's, that's very important for us. It's um, it's a process that actually takes care of other people other people's trouble and it generates uh, some yield for us and and yeah that's how we can actually turn our 20 tons of biomass into probably like 40 45 tons of biomass every day and that's that's simply wonderful to watch like coming this big truck with lactose into our farm and, and throwing that into the same by the yesterday that, that's simple impressive. That is very interesting. And and did you also say that you're taking the biogas from other pig farmers as well? No, not or... the biogas, the, the biomass. Biomass. Okay. The biomass, which is which anything, is poop, right? Yeah. It yeah. could be poop, it could be whey milk, it could be vinous, all that it's is biomass. In okay. our case, we're we're collecting from uh, other other places, we're collecting only uh, tequila byproducts and and dairy byproducts. Which that is, is so interesting because you're you're taking uh i mean first of all you're solving a problem people have which is i mean they're making tequila they're making whey they and they have this waste that they have to get rid of right so they they have an incentive to go to you they actually pay you a little bit to take it away and you're just taking this waste and converting that into energy so it, it's like a, a total win-win from all from all uh, all players involved here, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and and this is that the this happens, for example, in the states, and and there are like 150 projects using biogas to to do something. It could be uh, yeah, like collecting it at least. And the thing is that these projects in the states, the, this is where the the this, the governments take place. I mean. It's 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 sort of expensive to build a biodigester to technify it and and have it producing uh, in a in a good manner. It's it's kind of expensive. So what these projects uh, these projects don't do not get built out in the states because they need a lot of incentives. I mean, for example, if you produce biogas and you send that to the pipeline, you're gonna get 
in like last year, you're going to get like $2 per million BTU. So it's, you're competing with, with the cheapest gas in the States. Uh, if you want to generate power, you're competing with some of the cheapest energy in the world. So it's, it's not a good business to, to run uh, like a facility to produce energy in a world where the energy is, is cheap. So the way that this happens in the States is only through incentives, through artificial incentives. And that what happened in the States is that uh, only huge, really huge projects get, get built. So you get like scale economy. And then it only happens if you put in like carbon credits uh, artificial oh businesses, and then that's that's the way you you manipulate things. So, for example, uh, I was talking like a couple of years back with uh, this guy, and he's telling me like the the million BTU of uh, natural gas you can sell that at two point five. The like the value of that million BTU is two point five dollars, but uh, producing a biogas million BTU, it's like seven dollars, and like how how that gets a market gets to market well well the government is using your money to pay that difference or their mar that margin to the biogas producers so they can actually have a green project so that's where the incentives uh play in a bad way i mean i mean i understand you're using huge amounts of money to to make something look like it's it's possible. So it's just not. It's just ironic because they they all talked about sustainable energy, but clearly, if the government is paying for all of it through money that's created out of thin air, it's not sustainable. Exactly. And that's 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 the, the the the. I mean, you you're 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 putting it correctly. I'm I'm always thinking that you, they're using taxpayers' money, which is the first stage, but they're using actually thin air uh, created off thin air money, and that's that's why you don't see many projects like this built out in the States. You have like 150 bi um, biodigester pro or big biodigester projects in the States. They're building a couple hundreds more and that's it. But in Europe, for example, the cost of energy actually justifies that you 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 need to have a biodigester because the incentive is there to put that energy to market where the market is around $7 per million BTU in that example. And then it it gets uh, I don't know it, it's feasible by itself. I mean, it, you can you can have the incentives in the right place. So what we want to demonstrate here in Mexico is that the incentives are there because you're selling that energy or that power to the best buyer that is out there. That is the the, the Bitcoin mining infrastructure. So they 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 can pay you uh, more than any other any other player. That if I sell it to the natural gas grid, they're gonna pay me less if i sell it to the electric grid they're going to pay me less if i do mining i'm going to get more revenue and that's going to make it that's going to have the incentives if i go if we all correctly um, this is going to be replicated several times and mining is is like this bearer of truth if if our project is not uh as good as, as we think you're not going to be hearing about bio mining in, in the future so that's that's a really cool, cool thing that the market it, Bitcoin will let the market speak for itself, not through artificial incentives, which in Mexico we don't have any, any incentives or projects or yeah. Or well, same money. thing with basically every other country on the planet too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Bitcoin is the only free market. I mean, it it really is. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. Have you have you been to the states? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, so, 
vacation, business trips, small amounts of time. Okay. So you've seen the the difference there and, and with Mexico. I mean, I, I understand like both governments, the US government and the Mexican government are manipulating the free market. But at least in Mexico, I mean, I I'll, 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 if I want to get lunch somewhere, I can I can go to some sweet grandma's tienda and she's cooking something in her kitchen. <laughs> but in the United States, it's illegal to do that. You know, and you drive down the street in the United States, you want to get a piece, you know, bite to eat. And it's just all you, the majority of your options are just huge corporations to buy from. It's just tons and tons and tons of huge corporations because they've completely eliminated the free market in that country. And the only people who can quote sustainably be in business are the ones that are in bed with the government. So, uh, so it's, it's all, I, I haven't uh, thought about it in that way, but it's exactly that. Um, those, those big corporations of course are closer to the, to the money printing machine. So that's, that's probably the, the, the big reason that they get to thrive as so well as, as you can imagine. And, and I mean, you take out everyone that is trying to play the fair game, which you cannot do, try to do that. You still can you still can you still can try to play the fair game in some some countries, but uh, I mean in some places you you cannot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Hey, uh, one thing I I would love to get your opinion on, kind of transitioning the conversation to Mexico. Um, I've been in Mexico for over two years now. You've been here for a lot longer than I have. And there's a lot happening here. I mean, for anybody listening that that isn't aware of these things, just to name a few, I mean, you have Ricardo Salinas, who's the third richest man in Mexico, super rich billionaire, dude. And like 160, uh, 160 last time I checked in the world. 160 <laughs> in wealth. Uh, yeah. In wealth in the world. Yeah. I guess third richest man in Mexico sounds more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I mean, he's he's pretty loaded and he's got, uh, I believe, like around 10% of his liquid net worth in Bitcoin. Um, he owns Electra, which is a big, uh, huge chain of uh, large stores in Mexico. And Electra now accepts Bitcoin as payment. Uh, you have Mercado, uh, Mercado Libre, which is pretty much like the eBay of Mexico. And Mercado Libre owns Bitcoin <laughs> as a part of their balance sheet. Um, we have Bitso, which is like one of like probably the biggest uh, Latin American exchange. Yeah, Bitso it's, as it's well. Re, it's, re, it's located here in Mexico. Bitso, yeah. Yep, yep. You got Bitso. Um, I don't know. What else? Is there anything else that I know you have Indira Tempest, <laughs> who's that one Mexican senator that's pretty pro Bitcoin? Anything else uh, um, in Mexico? I mean, it's it's probably one of the most important things is that it's for many things is the epicenter of Latin America for, for, for example, for media companies, it's right there for it's the biggest, biggest, biggest economies uh, in Latin America, Mexico needs to be there. So it's a, it's a big platform in, in many senses. And um, yeah, in terms of Bitcoin adoption, I think you're, you nailed it. Uh, the biggest exchange is, is, is here. Uh, the adoption through kind of the, the this path of the exchanges, the first time that you get into Bitcoin, this they're doing a, a good job massifying that. Uh, we have the Ricardo Salinas as a like a like a beacon pushing Bitcoin everywhere. I think it's really important. And yeah, we have uh, the senator, which is pro Bitcoin, and she's trying to to push some some 
at least some knowledge about it and and she's been trying to to do some job and yeah i mean and the, we have a, a small but really uh, vibrant community of miners here that are trying to to find a way to to try to to do the job to do the bitcoin mining thing but we have a really high expensive uh energy prices electricity prices by some reason um the, the our transmission and distribution is so costly that we cannot uh, do this at scale that's why you don't see a big uh, miners here like in paraguay or venezuela or so we have a, a small but vibrant community and we're just uh and my my personal goal is trying to unlock the the door that will open bitcoin mining at scale which is like my, my my goal is doing it at scale and i believe that it will happen with excess energy in in many different generation uh plants that we have here and we can harness that that excess power i mean that will be a really good boost for for many many generation companies here for us as miners it will be great business and to to harness the excess power as it it's happening in many places in texas and in in uh i don't know in oklahoma in georgia i mean that it's using excess power that then suddenly it, you will need that excess power to to take care of some uh major force event or something like that we can go and turn off the the machines but in the meantime yep. you can use all that power to And I'm trying to unlock that and talking to right people. One of the 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 reasons that Ricardo Salinas went and, and wanted to try Bitcoin mining was because we were talking about it and we were we were trying to bring ideas around it. And he was smart enough to to say, "I'm going to try to do it." Then he backed up for some reason that we we still trying to understand. He says that his power price at that generation plan is super good, which is uh i don't know we we don't we don't actually can see that but he's like no we're selling that power for good so it's not a fair business to to run miners around it if i'm if i'm getting good money it's not a good investment so but that's that's the unlock like they're gonna they're gonna come they're gonna have we're gonna have um miners or generation uh plants that are gonna see the potential and that's what we what i want to bring to mexico and the, the next coming couple of years of problem. Yeah, listen, I'm I'm here in Mexico for about another year and if there's anything I can do to help, like I I'd, I'd be happy to help and uh it's a very honorable cause and it's I'm not from Venezuela, right? I, I've never I'm from the United States. I'm very very privileged to have never experienced hyperinflation before and to grow up in a country with You're getting there, man. You're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. We sure are, aren't we? They're saying inflation is 8.3%, but nobody believes that. You know, like my generation yeah, is totally priced out of housing right now. And it's, it's infuriating. Um, I mean, I, we, I, we definitely are experiencing inflation, but nowhere near yeah. Venezuela type inflation, but no, no, it, no. But I, it, 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 it didn't take off for us. It wasn't a one year process for us jumping from, from this type of inflation, which is uh, probably two digit inflation to hyperinflation per se it will it would take for us i don't know what i will tell you that it will take like seven five seven years i mean in this situation like having the the world reserve currency i don't know in my mind it will take like five years to take there maybe more or something but i mean it's a slow process it's a slow process it will you will see crazy things like for example 
one of the things that happened before really happy hyperinflation in Venezuela was price controls. And I, and I, I have like these checkboxes and I, I like, dude, the ex excessive uh, controls, the tax revenue, the, like the government getting crazy and we need more taxes, that's a checkbox. And one yeah. of the checkbox is, the checkboxes is um, this one of price control, which is at some point before this really hyperinflation, the, the government said like, all right, new rule, any company, cannot have more than 30% of profits, whatever product you're selling, no more than 30% oh profit. And, 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 we, and we were in Minnesota like, how are you going to control this? And, and they were like, no, you're going to send me to this new agency. You're going to send the price structure and what your expenses are and your bills and whatever. And we're going to check that you're okay, but you cannot go above 30%. And my wife's company was like uh, producing pain and whatever. And they were like, all right, these are my expenses. And the government was like, no, 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 you cannot put in your expensive, your marketing campaigns. And I'm like, dude, I need to, no, 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 you cannot put that. <laughs> not in that expense. Yeah, that's not expense. So they're controlling the prices. So at their, I mean, they try to do it. And then we find out that this is impossible. So that creates a lot of black markets that creates a lot of disturbances and, and distortions, which eventually had me uh, leave to leave the country because it messes up with everything. That's one of the boxes that, that mess up with everything. So currency control, that will be another, another uh, checkbox will be the moment that the government says you cannot exchange dollars for anything else. I don't know, for euros, for example, because it's a stronger uh, safer haven or something you cannot do that that's when you you go like dude this is hyperinflation in the making like perfect i mean we i know we're not there uh, and not like jack was saying like we're there we're getting there i mean it's probably not there but it's it's probably getting closer and closer every every year yeah no that's a really interesting insight actually i have not i have not thought about uh that as being like you know one of the check marks before before you get there, um, it's crazy, control, man. man. <laughs> it's 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 a real shame because you know the ideals that America was founded upon are some really beautiful ideals on on freedom and and in the Constitution, Article One, Section Ten says uh, the only form. Basically, it says the only form of money that the United States will have is money that's coined in gold or silver. <laughs> and they totally disregarded no. that, put in the Federal Reserve. It's just, it's a total scam. And, and it's like, they're trying to play God with these price controls. And it, it's just central banking is trying to play God. It's, it's taking a small group of people who think that they know everything and they can plan everything for millions of people. And it's just a, uh, it's, it's a system that's doomed to fail from the start. And uh, anyways, I, I was just going to say like, one thing that I, I appreciate about Mexico and Mexicans that I talked to about Bitcoin is <clears throat> they've experienced hyperinflation in the 90s. In the yeah. 90s, they they had you know massive inflation and they just took the old Mexican peso, took it, I think it was like two or three zeros. Three, I think we're three three zeros, yeah. Three zeros, yeah. And then they, they call it the new Mexican peso. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's it's just crazy. Yeah, so just Anyways, yeah, yeah my, my point is like, I'll talk to an American about Bitcoin and maybe now they're starting to get it more because they're feeling inflation more, but Mexicans, they just intuitively see how that is a valuable form of money that, you know, something that can't be inflated. So, yeah, but, but we have, but we have a, a, a more, we have another hurdle that, that you guys don't have. 
and that will probably I don't know well how how it will turn out, but I think that that it will make you turn quickly to to Bitcoin in the American case, but it will take us longer for us in in developing countries, which is what ended up happening in Venezuela. Because when I was taking a look at that, uh, taking a look at that before hyperinflation, 2014, 15, like hyperinflation took place between 16 and 19 when everything went to real real hell. But in that pre previous years i was like all right here's bitcoin and it's growing that pace bitcoin is made for venezuela that was that was my mind and my mind was like we're gonna in a couple of years this is gonna be the the medium of exchange this is gonna be this is it and it it turned out that it didn't and uh, why because there was a, a safe haven as well which was the 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 us dollar that was of course forbidden but the energy and that people put into going into a safer heaven, no matter what, on having the unknown Bitcoin in some place, but no, not as near as we are right now. So the, the winner in that competition between Bolivar dollars, uh, cash dollars and, and Bitcoin was always being won by the US dollar. And I was like, no, no, how can that happen? And we, we did it, man. In Venezuela, we did uh, the facto dollarization. Uh, like, no matter what the government said, it was illegal. They found out, like, in 2019 that they couldn't handle that. And all right, all right, let's make it, let's make it, let's, let's delete that part where we can put you in jail, all right? So, I don't know, whatever. We cannot put in the law that you can use dollars. It's not written, but it's not forbidden. So, it's like, all right, if you want, if you have it, if you, and then the, the economy got dollarized everywhere. And uh, what the third, the, the second place winner, now it's like the USDT because there yeah, was some I was going to ask you about Tether and how Tether fits into this as well. Yeah. Yeah, man, many, many guys tried to do it. Dash tried to go like huge campaigns. They didn't make it. These other guys with, uh, I don't know, the probable cup, another couple uh, coins that got there, like, right, we are the solution. But then, uh, the, like, Tether was like, all right, we are this, this stable coin by the, by design. We are the stable coin. And they didn't need, in my mind, too much push, but they was like, they're the, the stable one. And people got a hold of that more than Bitcoin. And I remember this this anecdote is it's pretty crazy. It's like, I was like using... I needed to fix a miner and I was like, dude, Venezuela is full of technical guys that know about mining, like really deep knowledge. And, and I got like a uh, team viewer with this guy and I was, he was diagnosing my equipment. And then I got like, all right, I'm going to send you the payment, send me, this is a miner, right? So send me your Bitcoin address, lightning address, whatever. And he's like, can you send me like USDT? Through oh Binance? my gosh. <laughs> For a Bitcoin like, miner, you're the miner. You you need to be outside the system. You got the the the, the best Bitcoin ever, and it's like, yeah, but it's easier. And uh, no, man, I'm gonna send you Lightning. Download that blue wallet. Nice. <laughs> and and that's, like a and that's, but that that's a testimony of what's happening. I mean, that's the the dollars that they can go and exchange, and they can buy a burger with that. And that's that's the situation. So, the the final message is that in in the United States. If the dollar goes to hell, you want the safe haven, you're probably going to end up in Bitcoin first 
rather than than man, I don't know if the euro or another another currency is gonna have a better spot. But it's like closer in Mexico. If the Mexican uh, peso crashes, probably people in this situation is gonna still go to the to the U.S. dollar. Probably tether if you want. Uh, but it's 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 getting there. I think some point uh, Bitcoin and Lightning are gonna be dominant, so dominant that it's gonna it's you cannot ignore that for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How's that? It, yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a very good explanation, and unfortunately, it only makes sense. It, it takes uh, most people don't see security in Bitcoin until everybody else does it. <laughs> That's just how human beings operate. That's, that's, it's going to take a long time for the masses to actually really see the value in this thing, but that's good for people like us who, who've studied how money works. And, you know, for people like you who've lived through hyperinflation and actually taken the, the time to learn about Bitcoin and, you know, so I guess it just gives more, more time to us. So, um, and, and it's, it's beautiful for me when I look back and many of my, Many, many, many family members and, and friends since 2014 ahead. And I got a message from one really good friend. And he's like, I was like, happy birthday, man. And, and he's like, man, thank you. And, and really thank you for bringing bring me closer to Bitcoin so many years ago, because it made a difference in, in how we see things. He made a business around it and, and he's now thriving and, and building things. And I was like, yeah, man, that's that's so good. I mean, when you have that feeling that someone tells you, like, thank you for for bringing me that piece of knowledge in that moment, that's that's really really magic, man. Yeah, I don't know if that's happened to you with someone closer to you, and and that that feeling is great. Yeah, I mean, I j just like you and everybody else who's interested in Bitcoin, like a lot of people do not get it, but a few do. And, and it's a very rewarding thing to uh, get those text messages from them or hop on a call with them and they, they bring it up and they're genuinely interested. It, it's a really nice thing. And yeah, man, it's, it's, I talked about this a lot. Like it's, it's more than just number go up technology. It's more than just that it's, it's a moral, it, it's a, it's the most moral monetary system that we have today. And like I mentioned earlier, I mean, central banks are literally playing God and trying to plan you know, for an economy for millions of people. And it, it just, that's not how society is supposed to be ran. You know, you go on uh, WTF happened in 1971.com and you see in 1971, when the dollar was taken off the gold standard, mm -hmm. just society is just turned upside down. You have divorces skyrocketing, you have obesity skyrocketing, you have uh, the women per children before it was like five children per woman. Now it's like two it's probably a lot less now. I mean, nobody in my generation is having kids. So it, I, I really in front of our, in, to... front of our, in front of our nose and no one knows what's really happening. And this anecdote is going to, you're going to love this one because I was talking to this friend of mine, good friend of mine, he's manager at a, at a money printing company that it's based here in Mexico. So it's, they print money, uh, like they print uh, the sheets, of, of paper bills for for different countries, Mexico included, and he's he's, he's like the perf the, the the ink guy. So he's like really technical about money and stuff. And and I'm like, dude, dude, you guys are messing up with the economy, man. Look, look what they're doing in the states. Dude, you guys are going crazy. Stop that money printing machine. And he's like, why are you saying that, man? It's just like it's not the cost. And like, 
yeah, man, I mean, it's not backed up by anything. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like money is, is backed up by gold. And I'm like, dude, man, you're inside the money printing gold. machine. Yeah, you're inside. And he's like, no, but yeah, dude, they can print whatever they want. And he's like, no, I, are you sure that it's not backed up by gold? But if not, if it's not backed by gold, uh, probably they have some restraints, like to not bring too much. And I'm like, nope. dude. <laughs> No restraints sure. whatsoever. No. They can just print it whenever they want. They can go whatever uh, signature they need because they probably need some some signatures, right, uh, Andrew? So they, they they just get the signature and they print whatever they want. And and you're messing the, the countries, man. You're sending these this, this bills, and it's like, all right, I, I got I got him his world twisted, and and he was rethinking money. I mean, we are that early, and and that's that's crazy to me. Yeah, absolutely. That's the guy you have to orange pill. Like the guy who literally works with the money printer. <laughs> he sees the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the one. He's the guy that that gets the the message when money printing goes burr. He's like, I'm. Burr. He's hearing the burr. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, Ricardo. I think that's a good. Uh, I know we're running out of time here, so that's probably a good uh, point to put a cap on it. Um, for anybody listening who wants to get in contact with you, can you just? uh maybe your twitter or website or something like that i know you also have a podcast so go ahead and and uh mention what you got going on yeah of course um you can get in touch with me uh with at ricardo um underscore ngv and that's my my twitter handle and you can go and follow at biomining and and follow all what what we are follow up with what we are doing and what the advanced stages are And yeah, we have uh, this uh, uh, Spanish spoken podcast, like the first one dedicated specifically to Bitcoin mining in Spanish. And yeah, we're building this community of, of Bitcoin miners dedicated to, to find that, that connection between the energy, the investments and, and the miners themselves. And yeah, that's what we're trying to do here in Mexico. Don't, don't be afraid, send me a text message and I'll, I'll be answering those. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, my wife and I will be up in Caratro uh, in a couple months here. So it'd be great to uh, of catch up then. And, and uh, I'd love to up. see the operation. If that's a possibility. That'd be cool. I know you mentioned that. So yeah, it'd be, be a good time. Yeah, we're really close here uh, in Jalisco is the operation. So yeah, probably we're going to be ready to, to show you that proof concept. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you to you, man. And yeah, anytime I'm available, take care and Have a great day. Sounds good. Cheers, brother. Bye. <laughs>